Section ten of the Rover, Volume One, Number Sixteen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The Rover, Volume One, Number Sixteen, edited by Seba Smith and Lawrence Labrie. Section ten. The Death Watch by T. Hood. In the free city of Frankfurt on the Main the bodies of the dead are not kept for several days as with us in the house of mourning but are promptly removed to a public cemetery in order to guard however against premature interment the remains are always retained above ground until the certain signs of decomposition are apparent and besides this precaution in case of suspended animation the fingers of the corpse are fastened to a bell-rope communicating with an alarum so that on the slightest movement the body rings for the help which it requires for its resuscitation a watcher and a medical attendant being constantly at hand now the duty of answering the life-bell had devolved on one peter klopp no very onerous service considering that for thirty years he had been the official death-watch the metallic tongue of the alarum had never sounded a single note the defunct frankfurters committed to his charge had remained one and all man woman and child as silent as so many stocks and stones not that in every case the vital principle was necessarily extinct in some bodies out of so many thousands it doubtless lingered like a spark among the ashes but disinclined by national phlegm to any active assertion of its existence for a german indeed there is a charm in a certain vaporous dreamy state between life and death between sleeping and waking which a transcendental spirit would not willingly dissolve but be that as it might the deceased frankfurters all lay in their turn in the corpse chamber as passive as statues in marble not a limb stirred not a muscle twitched not a finger contracted and consequently not a note sounded to startle the ear or to try the nerves of peter klopp in fine he became a confirmed sceptic as to such resuscitations the bell had never rung and he felt certain that it never would ring unless from the vibrations of an earthquake no no death and the doctors did their work too surely for their patients to relapse into life in any such manner and truly it is curious to observe that in proportion to the multiplication of physicians and the progress of medical science the number of revivals has decreased the inanimate no longer rally as they used to do some centuries since when alois schneider was restored by the jolting of his coffin and margaret schoning leaving her deathbed walked down to supper in her last linen so reasoned peter klopp who long past the first remorse and fancies of his novitiate had come by dint of custom to look at the bodies in his care but as so many logs or bales of goods committed to the temporary care of a plutonian warehouseman or lethean wranger but he was doomed to be signally undeceived in the month of september just after the autumnal frankfort fair martin grab a middle-aged man of plethoric habit after dining heartily on soup sauerkraut veal cutlets with bullet sauce carp in wine jelly blood sausages wild boar brawn herring salad sweet pudding leipzig larks sour cream with cinnamon and a bowlful of plums by way of dessert 
suddenly dropped down insensible as he was pronounced to be dead by the doctor the body was conveyed as usual within twelve hours to the public cemetery where being deposited in the corpse chamber the rest was left to the care and vigilance of the death watch peter klopp accordingly having taken a last look at his old acquaintance he carefully twisted the rope of the life-bell around the dead man's fingers and then retired into his own sanctorum lighted his pipe and was soon in that foggy paradise which a true german would not exchange for all the odour of araby the blessed and the society of the houris it was past midnight and in the corpse chamber hung with dismal black the lifeless body of martin grab was lying in its shroud as still as a marble statue at its head the solitary funeral lamp burned without a flicker there was no breath of air to disturb the flame or to curve the long spider line that hung perpendicularly from the ceiling the silence was intense you might have heard the ghost of a whisper or the whisper of a ghost if there had been one present to utter it but the very air seemed dead and stagnant not elastic enough for a sigh even from a spirit in the adjoining room reposed the death watch peter klopp he had thrown himself in his clothes on his little bed with his pipe still between his lips here too all was silent and still not a cricket chirped nor a mouse stirred nor a draught of air the light smoke of the pipe mounted directly upward and mingled with its cloud-like shadows on the ceiling the eye would have detected the flitting of a moth the ear would have caught the rustling of a straw but all was quiet as the grave still as the steadfast tombs when suddenly the shrill hurried tone of the alarm bell the very same sound that for fifteen long years he had nightly listened for the very same sound that for many long years he had utterly ceased to expect abruptly startled the slumbering senses of peter klopp in an instant he was out of bed and on his feet but without the power of further progress his terror was extreme to be waked suddenly in a fright is sufficiently dreadful but to be roused in the dead of the night by so awful a summons by a call as it were from beyond the grave to help the invisible spirit perhaps a demon's to reanimate a cold clammy corpse what wonder that the poor wretch stood shuddering choking gasping for breath with his hair standing upright on his head his eyes starting out of their orbits his teeth chattering his hands clutched his limbs paralyzed and a cold sweat oozing out from every pore of his body in the first spasm of horror his jaws had collapsed with such force that he had bitten through the stem of his pipe the bowl and stalk falling to the floor while the mouthpiece passed into his throat and agitated him with new convulsions in the very crisis of his struggles a loud crash resounded from the corpse chamber then came a rattling noise as of loose boards followed by a stifled cry then a strange unearthly shout which the death watch answered with as unnatural a shriek and instantly fell headlong on his face on the floor poor fellow why it was enough to kill him it did the noise alarmed the resident doctor and the military patrol who rushed into the building and lo a strange and horrid sight there lay on the ground the unfortunate death watch stiff and insensible while the late corpse in its grave clothes 
bent over him eagerly administering the stimulants and applying the restoratives that had been prepared against his own revival but all human help was in vain peter klopp was no more whereas martin grab was alive and actually stepping into the dead man's shoes became and is at this day the official death watch at frankfurt on the main end of section ten